This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good morning, man. Hey, good morning. Uh, it's so weird. <laughs> I'm sitting across the table from you. It's crazy. Yes, <laughs> it feels it. good, man. This is a this is a high point. Ah, dude, it's 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 actually this is this is a blast from the past because not only are we in the same location, yeah, it is it is the the crack of 10 a.m. Yeah, which is for for John David Cole, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand right this and early, very early, very, <laughs> like the kid showed up and was like, man, you gotta have to wake up way earlier, and he's like, no, I don't wake up until 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true man i'm totally pitiful but um man we we're here and um yeah trying to uh trying to get our act together so it's great already already a couple coffees in uh trying to get this water down to uh make my my voice uh <laughs> li- li- listenable palatable to the ears so, no this um, is great because i mean yeah. obviously pipe smokers are always uh, accustomed to a more baritone sound of course i mean it's just it's it's par for the course i mean they got, yeah you got, that makes sense you got i mean you got some uh. you got some tenors in the pipe <laughs> in the pipe world as well but there is like you know then you get the early morning pipe smokers and it's like all right uh. yeah no that's right that's right <laughs> we got to have the coffee and the water going but man i am super excited to be back well, here it's in so jackson good to have you here yeah i you know it's interesting um you this kind of came in a a couple of points of course we were going to try to connect a few weeks ago and then of course the end of the world and uh, again again yeah (laughs) as is tradition by this point but um yeah you want to tell folks what you're doing yeah i think i can talk about this so i'm uh i've I've, it's kind of cool i've got a project that i'm working on for the Eudora welty house uh now the Eudora welty pulitzer prize winning author from from our city her house is in our neighborhood yeah i was about to say not just the city but our neighborhood as well yeah uh or well i guess your neighborhood yeah my, my neighborhood Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, historic location. And um, they've got uh, her home and her garden. The Eudora Welty House qualified for a grant to put together an audio tour of the garden. And uh, and it was really great, man. We had we had planned to do this during the Ice Age, but then the Ice Age pushed it back. And so uh, and so this worked out for this this week to be able to come down and do it. And uh, it was beautiful. We did a pop up kind of recording studio in the garden. So you had, you know, the cardinals and mockingbirds and like blue jays and like all of just the sounds of the garden. And there's a there's a there's a J J Tran bus stop like right outside of the the house as well. So occasionally the bus would come by that little bit of uh, city ambiance. Yeah. 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 I mean, and as much as Bellhaven is kind of part of the city, I mean, like it's like the bus coming through, I feel, is the one city sound that we're able to get in Jackson, Mississippi. Right. Other than police, yeah, that's true. That's true too. Uh, but <laughs> exploding no. water mains. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, but it was really great, man. It was, it was a. I'm really excited for the project, and um, hopefully, once it's uh, once it's live, I'll, I'll share with folks so that when they yeah, do take their pipe pilgrimage, great. they can also uh, stop by the Adore Welty House. And- yeah, if you're into you know literature or southern southern literature, southern Gothic. Uh, you know, Eudora Welty is um, is a name you, you may want to know. Yeah. So, well, um, and on top of that too, man, we had some amazing voice talent. We had the uh, yeah. um, the original or the the curator who re re I guess uh, revitalized the garden and kind okay. of yeah. brought it back to its original state. Uh, and so she was there to share her thoughts. And then also Eudora Welty's I want to say niece uh, was yeah. was there to read some of the passages of her work. And we recorded it in very different fashions. And, you know, these are, uh, you know, kind of uh, upper middle aged uh, Southern ladies and yeah. and with very just just excellent voices, the accents, man, <laughs> very, very they don't make them like that anymore. Man. No. And I got to tell you, there is something very cathartic. Uh, and I mean, no disrespect to our upper middle aged 
uh, female Southern listeners, but there there is something very <laughs> Which cathartic. We have many of, of course, we do. Uh, there is something very cathartic of me being able to tell them what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's funny because down here in the South, that that's not how it normally works. Yeah, no, you, you've been spending your whole life, you know, having people uh, that sound like they're out of Gone with the Wind tell you like where to sit and how to dress. And all. no, you sit there today yeah. because it's this is my show, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so that was kind of a cathartic experience. That's but, great. Okay, man, that's good. That's good. It's exciting. I look forward to to listening to all that. Yeah, so, it, awesome. was, it was a lot of fun. But uh, man, no, the big I mean, the big benefit is that we were able to uh, come in and this yeah. this is great. Not only is this episode, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to spoil this because I always love to keep the the to maintain the illusion of yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, more often than not, not only are episodes very fresh. They're typically like hours before they go out because we're so behind on recording. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but so for the next couple of weeks, uh, we are kind of banking some episodes and kind of recording uh, with the, the energy of being in the same room. This worked out well because not only is that the case, but you, my friend. Are about a, to have a son. You got a package on the way. I do, man. And, and you know, my uh, wife is is very much with child, and um, it, you know, really any day our, our due date is later this month. But um, she is very, very pregnant. So, yes, um, and it is very <laughs> obvious, and she is very ready to uh, to meet our our little boy. So, uh, man, it's exciting. We're, we're fired up, you know, of course we're not ready at all. And, you know, everything's a total disaster. We have no idea what we're doing. And yeah, we've got another, you know, child, but that literally has prepared us for nothing. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're right, right where we should be, Bo. All right. Just right where we should be. It's going to be fine. It's going to yeah, be great. It's going to be great. Everything's yeah. great. I'm just crying inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we really can't wait uh, to meet, meet our baby boy. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll be due any day. Everyone's been healthy so far and, you know, we're very thankful about that. I, I've already gotten questions, you know, when I, when we had our, uh, our daughter, I picked out a pipe kind of in her honor. That's right. Yeah. Right. I picked out a pipe in her honor to, um, kind of smoke as, uh, you know, when I, when I would think about her, wanted to, um, you know, meditate on her, pray for her. Um, you know, kind of have this uh, pipe where, you know, when I smoked it, it would be very intentionally uh, to, to put my mind and um, senses around, hey, you know, my daughter. And um, I have not done that yet for, um, for my son. And, and oh, I'm kind of wondering, yeah. you know, is it something now that um, since we're this close, I should just wait to meet him and, mm. um, you know, and find like, oh, is this a you know, is this a Syriacopo kid or is this a, um, is this a La Natra kid? Is this a Peterson kid? This like is the I, man I just, that wouldn't allow us to pair pipe tobacco with barbecue. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I, you know, so, well, you, you know, I want to pair my pipe with my, uh, with, with your my son. offspring. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I gotta, we gotta find the right, I, I, I think I'm gonna wait. What, I think at this point, what I'm pipe is your child? What is, what does your child say about what pipe you need to, to purchase? That's, <laughs> wow, that's a series I never even could have fathomed. <laughs> yeah, let, let's don't, let's don't sub, uh, subject our, uh, our yeah. gracious listeners to that, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's exciting though. We're fired up. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, well, I'm excited. Uh, more coals in the world just makes the world a better place. So we're we're all uh, excited to meet your son as well, and uh, look forward to the the coming days. As Thanks, as man. rush as rough as they're, they're going to be, we'll you'll be in our thoughts and prayers for Thank sure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, man, we've got a uh, we got a great show that we're going to be diving into today. Now, yeah. 
you know, this is interesting. So we have been doing this show for some time, as we have mentioned before. Seven and a half years? Oh, somewhere in there. It was back in 2013. Just, yeah, that sounds crazy. about right. Yeah. And, uh, and so over that time, you know, every single week, not always on time, <laughs> lately, <laughs> but every single week, we're, we've been putting out content, putting out episodes, and it's always great talking with like non-pipe people yeah. and explaining to them just the, the success that Country Squire Radio is because they can't believe we've been talking about pipes and pipe tobacco every single week for that many years. For years, yeah. And, yeah. and still have content. Absolutely. And, and, and mountains of content. Giant, small mountains of content <laughs> 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 that, uh, that is still out there to be, uh, to be mined for sure. But on occasion, there are subjects that we have covered before, yeah. but it's been so far back in the past and in some instances, in our first 100 episodes, which of course listeners uh, yeah. who've been listening to some time know, uh, we don't have publicly available, but if you become a patron of the show, one of the benefits is you get access yeah. to those terribly just rough 100, first 100 episodes of, the, of the, the show. They're rough hewn like a Glen pipe. There you go. <laughs> wow. The Glen season of Country yes. Squire Radio. <laughs> which is a thing of beauty in, in, in its own right. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, people have said that they enjoy it. Charming. Charming. <laughs> I re listened to that Glenn episode and I, I kept realizing that I, I kept calling his pipes or her pipe charming. Yeah. And, it, and their and pipes. That yeah. was my, that, that was my, um, you know, insert word for I don't know how to describe something without uh, using more. Um, you know, gracious language. And so we're, we're just going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting is typically so, my go-to, but such, I like charming. Such is the uh, first hundred episodes of Country Squat Radio. Yes. <laughs> so uh, if, you, if you are interested in getting those first hundred episodes, uh, head over to patreon.com slash Country Radio. You can support the show uh, and uh, and get access there. But there are topics that, that are kind of in that 100 episodes that are worth going back and revisiting. Yeah. Some, some of which we've chosen to before because they're, they're relevant. I know um, separating the stigma was kind of a big episode. Yeah that we revisited yeah. uh, in the last few years here. And uh, and this is actually a topic that was brought back up by a listener. And this was from uh, KJVXHN, which I'm assuming means <laughs> King James Version 10 Hoen, meaning <laughs> that this person... You pulled that out of... No! Somewhere. This, this, is, this is somebody who lives in the Hoen region of the Pokemon universe. Oh, great. That reads the King James Bible. Well, 10 times. They've, they've read it 10 times. And so that is that is my assumption here. But regardless, they did write in and uh, requested that we revisit the topic of Morda. Yeah. Um, of course, listeners, uh, you know, we, we always try to be mindful of the fact that, you know, people are constantly finding this new sh- uh, the yeah. show that are especially like new pipe smokers. Sure. And, you know, you, you ask somebody who comes into the shop or who's going to be kind of a, a newer pipe smoker, they're familiar with briar pipes. Even if they don't necessarily know like that it's briar, they have kind of an image of what a pipe is. Yeah. And yeah. it's typically a briar pipe. Even if they don't know it, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's the, the wood one, you know, the brown kind of orangish <laughs> wood one. Uh, but at the same time, they also might think of a Meerschaum pipe as mm-hmm. well with kind of the corn the cob, corn cob as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But Morta is not necessarily a style or rather a material yeah. that the average pipe or the average new pipe smoker is going to be familiar with. And yet it is such a beautiful material that has so many great benefits and is honestly some of my favorite pipes have been Morta pipes. So I'm yeah. really, really excited to, to revisit this topic. With I you. think it'll be fun. Yeah. You know, Morta. It, it's not necessarily what you think of when you come to pipe smoking 
uh, for the first time. It's a it's a it's a dark you know material. It's it's weird looking. It's sinister. It's got <laughs> uh, you know these uh, lines that are um, you know kind of uh, particularly if it's sandblasted, it, it's just got this strange work to it that you know doesn't necessarily evoke like a, a C.S. Lewis or Harry Truman style pipe. You know, it's just uh, it's just different. Yeah, so it's something to uh, something to explore. A lot of premium pipes, you know, are are made of this stuff, and frankly, because of how hard it is to work, even the even the crummy ones are expensive. So, <laughs> out of curiosity, is Morta? And I mean, I know we're about to talk about why that's the case. Yeah, but, sure. But is Morta? Would you say that's the most expensive material to make a pipe out of? Unless you made a platinum pipe, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> functionally no, speaking, yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know about the most expensive. That hmm. might be a, a different way to characterize it. But I will say. I mean, I, probably the most expensive pipes that are out there are made of briar. We should we should research right, this. right, right. But there is not a inexpensive mortar pipe. There you go. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah, so that, you that have is. you have cheap briar pipes. You have expensive briar pipes. But there is not an inexpensive mortar pipe. The material, as we'll you know learn, is just so hard to mine. It's just a very difficult material. It, it's kind of when you think about like what it goes through to to harvest morta it's kind of nuts that we even try like why you know what i mean <laughs> right like why why would we, i mean yeah they make a beautiful pipe but like really but what else yeah yeah i mean it, it, it is it, it hopefully we use it for something else right like right. you know to um, I don't know, feed, you know, starving baby seals or something. I, it, it, there's got to be some reason to <laughs> Please. mine Morta. All right, hang on. PSA, do not feed your Morta pipe to a starving baby seal. <laughs> that will not help the situation unless you're trying to kill the yeah, seal. If you, if, you, if you have a starving baby seal in your life, please call another organization <laughs> that is, uh, you know, able to take care of them. But Country Swire um, Radio said. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they love to eat on them pie. Um, so anyway, yeah, Morta, um, you know, diving into the... Um, you know the material itself. It's a semi-petrified bog oak, and you know we've we've talked about this before. So if you're a, a longtime Country Squire radio listener and, and and haven't even listened to our previous Morta episode, you you've probably heard us mention some of these things before. But semi-petrified bog oak. You know the most famous uh, examples of this are going to be found in Eastern Europe or uh, occasionally Central Europe or France. But but you know the those those really uh, exquisite, outstanding uh, pieces that you see are going to come from uh, places like the Ukraine, the Balkans, uh, you know, Croatia, some of these uh, places. And, and it's just an interesting material. Um, peat bogs in the east, they, you know, you've got a, a, a muddy, uh, acidic, uh, boggy environment. You know, imagine just a um, almost a swamp-like environment. Kind of a lot of standing water, a lot of um, you know things that are in decay, um, and and so yeah, just so like, Louisiana, like, like, like Louisiana, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, love Louisiana, we, but, we love Louisiana, yeah, of course we do. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's um, this kind of sense in which a lot of you know material in that area is just going to be very uh, ancient, rough. Uh, uh, devoid of uh, a lot of nutrients and things of that nature. So uh, you've got these peat bogs, and they, over thousands of years, you know, you might have a, a tree or something that is felled. Um, I mean, literally, let's say, you know, two or 3,000 years ago, it submerges within the kind of muck and 
uh, you know, suction of the clay that's in this environment. And then, you know, is it becomes devoid of oxygen and uh, surrounded by water and is just in this very acidic environment being, um, you know, encapsulized for, for centuries, literally centuries. And so what happens during this time is this wood, this piece of wood that falls into the you know, into this environment, it is, you know, becoming basically a stone. It's being semi-petrified through this uh, process where nutrients are being uh, removed as the water comes in and out. It's uh, replacing the, um, you know, chemical makeup of the actual wood itself. And so it's turning into a different material than it started out as. It's, it's really interesting, you know, if you study um, even the nature of fossils and things like that. So um, it's just, um, it's bizarre. And, you you know, the first examples of this are things that people just stumbled upon really on accident. And then it's like some artisans decide, well, you know, we're going to make some other stuff out of this too. And, um, <laughs> right, and it's, right, it's right. just crazy, you know, um, the, the, the difference in, you know, briar and harvesting morta could not be more stark. Right. It, it could not be more stark. You've got, uh, even in the procurement process of it, it's incredibly complicated and labor intensive and, you know, expensive compared to harvesting briar. You go to Europe and there's, there's briar, you know, harvesters where you just, you order briar and they, you know, they have a, a really kind of refined process where they go through, you know, identifying the heath trees and selecting the burls and sawing them and, and warehousing them and all this other stuff. And you can order them. And, you know, the more, you know, seasoned pipe carvers that are maybe better connected can go select their own briars and all this kind of stuff. But with Morta, you're talking about something that has to be extracted from you know, a clay that exhibits this suction process deep inside the ground, you know, that involves uh, backhoes and cranes and, you know, tying chains to these ancient pieces of wood and, um, you know, having to saw them up just to be able to, you know, pull them out of a of a jealous ground, you know, <laughs> it's right. just crazy. Right. I mean, it, you know, and, and so, um, you know, it's just very uh, difficult in order to do that. Um, the logs, as you're going through this boggy area, they actually, you know, so how, how do you identify these, right? Where you, you don't just walk through the bog and there's like, oh, well, there's a log. Uh, let's let's take that and make a pipe out of it. Um, they actually have to excavate. They they search uh, for these uh, these specimens by uh, the, a process called poling. They take a metal stake and actually jab it into the ground. It's like their uh, oh, wow, acupuncture yeah. of the bog, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and when they hit a hard point, that's when they know there's a piece of oak that's likely there, uh, or, or you know something that they need to at least explore and look into. They'll pull these areas uh, with these metal stakes, and when they find a specific point that has promise for having a piece of morta, they'll flag it with something, you know, saying, hey, we, we need to come back and excavate this particular area. You know, after they've done that a while, then bring in the cranes and the heavy equipment, and let's, uh, let's you know, get after digging this stuff up literally has to do with, you know, hey, let's tie, you know, metal chains around these pieces and use giant hydraulic lifts to pull them out of these bog environments. So really amazing. You know, the the clay makes it very uh, difficult to get this stuff out. And, and it also, you know, is very much a part of the material itself. You know, the, the clay, the water, it's, it's contributing to this environment that makes the morta basically a, a fossil to some degree. So morta, because it comes out of the ground so wet, 
Uh, it has to be dried very carefully before it's worked into a pipe. It dries very fast, much faster than briar. You can think of briar being a material where, you know, it's a it's a piece of wood. It's got its own natural moisture, and so that makes sense. But, but this is something that was, you know, surrounded by murky clay for, you know, in some cases, millennia. And so, you know, it, it's going to dry faster because of how moisture wicks away from from objects like that. And so, you know, anytime you have a material that's going to dry that quickly, you have to be careful because it's going to create the opportunity for instability in the material. So, huh. you know, so you've got something, I mean, think of anything that, you know, dries fast um, from a very wet uh, environment. It becomes brittle, it becomes fractured, it can break and split real easy and uh, splinter off. And so, because mortar dries so fast and is so fragile and ancient, uh, it has to be dried intentionally, very slowly. They put it in these dark barns and uh, environments in order for it to uh, dry out very, very slowly. They even check the moisture over a period of years and, and, and sometimes reintroduce moisture to it if they think it's drying out too fast. And, and it's just very important in order to protect the, uh, the very precious piece of wood that they've spent all this money extracting from the earth. So the material's tucked away uh, in these dark barns and, you know, again, frequently re-moisturized in order to uh, control that drying rate. And, um, and, and it, you know, if it's dried too fast, it'll just simply split and crack. You know, it's like a, a piece of firewood that, uh, you know, just gets a little too uh, a little too dry. It's easy to crack open, um, you know, and, and splinters very, very quickly. You know, crafting the mortar pipe, very difficult because we've got a very peculiar uh, piece of media here. So, um, you know, the block is uh, difficult to work uh, because the um, you know, it's so hard to get. The, uh, the nutrients there create almost a stone-like material. Special equipment is needed to work these blocks because, you know, it, it has uh, different properties from briar. It's just not as malleable and uh, forgiving. Uh, the blocks are awkwardly shaped, uh, and so the designs that you have for a mortar pipe are very limited. You know, you can't just go make any shape out of, oh, I think I'll make a ca- cavalier right. out of a mortar pipe, yeah. or oh, this one will be a, uh, you know, an umpal or whatever. You're very limited on uh, what you can do. There are examples of those uh, in, in mortar pipes, but it's something that is more rare because you're just limited, you know, based on the size of the block. And so, therefore, the size of the pipe and the shape of the pipes tend to be a little more clunky, a little less refined. You know, refined is kind of a hard word, but uh, maybe not not accurate. It's all, almost. I know what you're saying. There are exceptions to that. Yeah, yeah, but, there but are. I know exactly what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, th- yeah. There are. I mean, you're not going to carve a a very detailed you know, face right. or something out of right. a mortar block. It's just not, uh, it, it can't sustain that type of workability. You know, it just, it really just can't. So it's a material that, that is limiting. So we, we talk about why all, all these crazy things that we have to go through to get mortar, you know, you're, you extract it from the ground, you spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars getting this material and, you know, it takes, it's really difficult to even find the stuff. And then once you do, you got to uh, pull it out. It's sitting in a barn for a couple of years and you're paying rent on the barn and, you know, it, it, <laughs> and you got to pay the guy to go in to re-moisturize. It's just on and, and on and on. And then after that, the like, demand is just through the roof. Oh, it's through the roof oh, totally because there's it. so many mortar pipe makers out there. And then you're like, well, I don't want to spend four hundred dollars on a pipe and right. you're like well why do you think it costs four hundred dollars 
Um, and so we had to, uh, you know, it, it, it took the entire economy of, you know, Bulgaria to, to pull this thing out of the ground. And we apologize to our Bulgarian listeners. And, yeah, yeah. Um, we, and we, we have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea. But, you know, and, and then while you're working the pipe, because this material is so uh, different, it's very easy to fracture and crack. And so you've you've got you've done all the work, you've put all this effort into it, and now you know you're turning the mortar uh, on a lathe, you're sawing it, and you're like, oh man, it's split, or oh, there's an imperfection, or there's a yeah. some kind of inclusion that uh, you know makes it uh, makes it less. Um, you know, attractive to the buyer. And, uh, and so it's just very, very strange. So why do we go through all this trouble to make a mortar pipe, right? Because, because we're pipe smokers and, and we don't do anything practically or because it makes sense. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and really the answer is yes. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think everything you just described, it's like, well, we are pipe smokers. And so, uh, we have to do things that are, um, statement making mm-hmm. and and different and quirky and uh you know and so at some point more to you know pipes just make sense there's other uh you know art um you know crafts that you know folks use to make mortar there's you know different kind of uh you know artist artisanal uh things that are made from mortar but pipes are just one more thing the, the reason why we use uh, mortar to make pipes is because it produces a, a very high quality smoking pipe it's it's interesting the aesthetic obviously we talked about before it has a sinister look to it it has a um kind of it, it can be a polished look but a, a, a an elegant look perhaps almost like a dress pipe you think of those highly lacquered dunhill black pipes that um you know you pull out with a tuxedo or something and uh, and mortar pipes can um can have a similar feel to them but you know they they smoke differently these are pipes that because they're reminiscent of a uh, of a stone uh, they just have a different smoking characteristic mm-hmm. than briar so briar of course we think of uh, of a wood that's very strong but it also is a wood and so it has to be um, you know, babied a little bit. It has to be seasoned properly. It has to be maintained a different way. Uh, we spend a lot of time on things like building cake, putting only certain types of tobacco into a briar pipe in order to protect the flavor profile of that specific pipe and all that kind of stuff. And with Morta, a lot of that's thrown out the window. You know, it's it's right. much more like a Meerschaum pipe where, you know, the goal is uh, because of the strength of the material once it's carved and and also the properties where it's not really as, as absorbent, you know, as a, as a piece of briar, you're not really dedicating a, a pipe like this to certain types of flavors. You're not really trying to build cake inside of a mortar pipe. You're wanting to right. swab the interior out after every single smoke uh, in order to uh, to preserve that real clean uh, mortar finish. And so, and what that does is it allows uh, the pipe smoker to get the flavor of the tobacco uh, each and every time as they're smoking. So the guy, the goal here is not to build that uh, protective cake, but uh, you know to to let that chamber be as pure as possible. Uh, just so you know, with every single smoke, you'll have the the flavor of the tobacco itself. With a briar pipe, you're, you're building cake, and so with each bowl, you you do get the you know residual from the last tobacco you had in there. But briar, a lot of people forget, briar also imparts its own flavor into 
the experience. Right. It, I mean, you've, you mentioned before, it's like a cast iron skillet to yeah. some extent. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, 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 you're, you've got the seasoning, but you've also got the, you do, you have the seasoning there, but you also have the flavor of the briar itself, you know? And so that is part of the experience. And so with Morta, uh, much more akin to clay or Meerschaum, you're just, um, you know, kind of changing the equation there a little bit, changing the, um, you know, the makeup of the whole uh, flavor profile. So you get to the very essence of what the tobacconist was oh, doing with the flavor. Yes. And our apologies to our friends. <laughs> <laughs> or Italian? I don't know. I, what Are European yeah, listeners? All, all, all of them. Apologies to every listener at all times. At all um, times. <laughs> so that's kind of it. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting. Morta, because of, uh, you know, all the things we describe, it is an expensive uh, material to work with. It's an unforgiving material, you know, and, and the shapes that you'll find out of this are are limited, but the smoking characteristics of it are highly prized. And, um, you know, it winds up being something that is a showpiece. Um, most people are not going to have a, a pipe a collection that is centered on Morta. You're going to uh, have these kind of peppered into your collection like uh, uh, an, an olive wood pipe or uh, something made out of cherry or, um, you know, obviously Meerschaum, corn cob, others, um, you know, but, um, you know, so this is probably not going to be your daily smoker. A lot of times, too, these pipes are, um, you know, if they're large, they are going to be really heavy. You can find smaller mortar pipes. There are actually quite a few smaller mortar pipes, and they can be lighter, but, you know, it's just an awkward material, and so this probably is not going to be your daily smoke. No, I mean, it's to, as you say, it's to make a statement, and it's definitely kind of, uh, you know, if you see somebody at the pipe shop or just out and about, well, you, you don't typically see somebody out and about with a mortar pipe. If you see them with a yeah. mortar pipe, it's at, like, a show. <laughs> it's at, you know, it is at the pipe shop. It is right. at an event or something of that They're not nature. walking down the street. They're not walking down the street. <laughs> walking Nobody's the dog with their tweed jacket and their mortar pipe that's right know. yeah nobody's lunting with uh with the mortar pipe and if you are correct us we've been wrong before no we want to hear about it absolutely yeah. but uh no you know i've got two mortar pipes in particular yeah. in my collection that are very dear to me and one of them was carved by listener steven up in uh michigan yeah and he gifted it to me it's a little it's you know, it's I'd a smaller about one that pipe oh yeah. it's beautiful and it's yeah. it's one of my favorites uh, it's got a, a, a kind of a bamboo stem on it, and admittedly, it's not one that I smoke as often because I'm always nervous about a bamboo stem. To uh-huh. be honest with you, but uh-huh. I like—I think it's one of the most beautiful pipes in my collection. Yeah. And then the other one is uh, was also a gift from a, a collaboration of folks. Remember when my car got towed in New Orleans? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget it. <laughs> yeah. So New Orleans that, Pipe Show, circa what was that? 2014, 2015. Yeah, it was, I don't know. Pre-COVID whenever it sometime. was. Yeah. yeah. But they uh, <laughs> so folks uh, uh, at the show. A part or uh, uh, teamed up with uh, with Rock's Pipes, and they they uh, chipped in and, and gave me a, a, a mortar pipe. Yeah, I call it the Rhino. It's one of my it's one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, it smokes great. And it's that one is more of like a tube. And it is a, it's a poker. It's it got is a poker. stainless steel shank and, and all yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a cool style. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's it's got a very unique look to it. But both of those are actually lighter mortars. I've seen some of those like billy clubs and I just <laughs> I can't I can't deal with those, man. That, that doesn't work. Yeah, for me. they're not uh particularly good for clenching. Um, that's for sure. The the one I have two mortar pipes actually. One uh, I smoke semi regularly, and it's a it's a Davern pipe. If you've long time listener oh, yeah. of the show, uh, may have heard us mention that name before. But Davern Denovic out of Croatia makes these uh, uh, beautiful pipes. They're very 
very elegant, uh, lots of neat uh, accent material, stem colors, all this kind of stuff. But almost universally, they're as big as golf clubs. Yeah. You know? I mean, these are just big pipes. Huge. They're just big pipes. Cool and looking. So, oh, beautiful. And and my favorite mortar pipe is a uh, one of these Davern special edition uh, clubs, and it's uh, it's it's awesome, man. The the bowl is uh, all of an inch. Uh, wide and uh, very deep. I can get, you know, I've smoked that pipe literally for two and a half hours before and it still had tobacco left in the bottom of it when I was finally like, I got to go inside. (laughs) You know, just very impressive pieces, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there again, that piece I think was uh, retailed for, you know, somewhere around $450. And, um, you know, it, th- that's the nice thing about being, uh, in the trade. Sometimes you get it for, uh, for a little cheaper price, but, um, yeah, they're just, um, you know, they're, you, once you realize what goes into extracting and, and producing this material and how few come out on the other side, uh, you know, smoke worthy, uh, look worthy, all these things, uh, without blemish, it's, um, you know, it, it's, then you understand why, you know, why uh, why it would cost so much yeah man um, yeah you know i remember the first time i saw petrified wood was at a uh it's it, it but i feel like it was at the natural science museum here in jackson i didn't live in jackson at the time yeah yeah lived in meridian mississippi about 45 minutes outside of town and we took a, a day trip like an elementary school day trip up, uh-huh. up to jackson and we walked through the natural science museum and uh I, i'll never forget seeing this like you know i mean like you know big thing that looked like a log right and they told us that it was a rock right you know like basically a rock and i was like what and so like i remember touching it and i was mesmerized the class continued going on and i just kept there staring at that thing because it <laughs> it broke my brain <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting it, it is uh it, it's um you know cat it blows up the categories you know it's something that doesn't really um, you know, make a lot of sense, but, but it is, it's much more akin to a stone than it would be uh, a piece of wood. Well, you know, that's the beautiful thing about nature. There's things that you think of that like have a certain purpose or could only be one thing. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with like, wait, this is used for that. And right. it's amazing. Right. Kinda, you know, kind of like, let's say, I don't know, corn cobs, like a corn cob, like a corn cob. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're eating your corn, you're tossing your corn cob out. You may look at it briefly, but then one day you learn like, wait a minute, you can make a pipe out of this. And that's not a joke. No, Man. sir. And, 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 and someone's done it, and they've done it to perfection. To perfection. Of course, we're talking about our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That is right, man. That is right. Of course, beautiful corncob pipes that are made right here in the USA. Uh, we're talking today about the Little Devil Cutty corncob pipe. Um, you know, when we think about uh, the... Talk about... The- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This episode is about some of the largest pipes out there, and we're talking about the little devil. Little devil. All right, that's let's it. Go for it. All the way. <laughs> what What makes sense about this uh, this segue here? You know, most morta they have the, either this dark golden color, or mm. a, but most have a very dark black color from uh, you know the kind of semi uh, nutrient void petrified state of this wood. Yeah. And so, um, one thing that Missouri Meerschaum does on so many of their pipes that make them so sharp looking and so good looking, and it's like, man, can a corn cob look that good they had this proprietary blend that they not blend but finish that they put on the outside of their pipe that makes it um kind of have this uh kind of black rustic dressy look to it you yeah. know what i mean just really 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 attractive and so that finish is featured on the little devil uh cutty corncob pipe and it's just a, a really attractive um really attractive look it's a pocket pipe something that's got a medium-sized bowl uh you know good for um, you know, a 45-minute smoke if you pack it right and uh, fits nicely in your pocket, a filterless stem with a um, hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl. It also comes 
in a acorn shape, which is very attractive. And so uh, just a great, uh, great piece from Missouri Meerschaum. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, retails for only $13.29. And uh, man, get on there, grab one, grab one for yourself, grab one for your friends. Uh, as we always say, keep several around the house for that time you get uh, some interested uh, wannabe pipe smokers to to come over and um, man check it out we know we know you'll love it that's great and if you've got the little devil be sure to smoke it this week uh, take a picture of yourself doing so it's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mission uh, know you appreciate them for sponsoring the show one last thing I got to get in before we uh, before we transition yeah uh, so I'm, I'm you know I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the like just what Morta is right like this petrified bogwood this kind yeah of, you know this historic uh, thing trapped in the earth that that has this you know deep history there and then you know, very recently we did an episode on amber stems. Yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Has, has there ever been a mortar pipe that has an amber stem? Like, you know, I'm thinking about what I think I, I could be wrong, but I believe I'm we sure even, there probably is. I think we called that episode Jurassic Pipes. And so <laughs> I'm thinking about John Hammond. Right. And that 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 staff he had with the amber, you know, the mosquito and. Uh, oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Yeah. So now, now what I want is I want an amber like tube, like like a crystal, whatever right. orb, whatever that thing was, right? Okay, okay. I want that, but I want the staff to be made of morta, wow. right? Carved morta, and 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 that's that's what that if I if I ever get crazy, stupid, spending money on dumb things, rich, <laughs> that's what I want. Hot air balloon, rich people stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's good. That makes sense. I, you know, it, those two things are so old, so ancient, and so uh, hard to. Um, you know, hard to work that, um, you know, it, it'd probably create a tear in the space-time continuum or something <laughs> if, you, if you tried to pair those two things together. I don't know, but that's uh, that'd be impressive and, and very expensive. Yeah, I just, I just, that's what I want. I want I want to be super old, like, you know, wearing around my white suit and be like, welcome, welcome to Jurassic Pipe <laughs> question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in this week from Jeremy. Uh, Here is what Jeremy had to say. Hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the show and have been listening for years. I so enjoy and appreciate what you two do uh, from tuning in every week. Thank you for being there and serving the community. Ewoks forever. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. I I, I appreciate that, brother. (laughs) So it's a question. If you had a hundred bucks to spend on a pipe, would you buy new or an estate most of my collection consists of estate pipes, including some from Sheraton and GBD, and I wouldn't have been able to afford new, uh, those that I wouldn't have been able to afford new. It seems to me like a much better value to buy an estate, doesn't it? Your thoughts? Thanks again. And that comes from Jeremy. Yeah, great question. I'm going to give an answer that probably is different from what it would have been two or three years ago. Okay. But um, yeah, I would I would have to go with an estate pipe as long as it was in really good shape. Um, you know, I, you you mentioned it, Jeremy. I mean, it's something you can get a very heavy value on. Um, I mean, some of these pipes are just just exquisite. They're from brands that haven't been made in decades, and you know, the briar is you know mm. in some in some cases older than your grandmother. And I mean, you know, it's just it, it's um they all have a story. They're you know fun and beautiful. They uh, make you know pipe shapes and designs that were popular in the '40s weren't. Um, you know, aren't necessarily popular or available uh, now. And so, you know, I just, I love, uh, I love older pipes like that. And, um, and of course, you know, you're getting 
a pipe that, uh, you know, maybe brand new on the market, uh, you know, would have been several hundred dollars that's, uh, that's under a hundred dollars or, or thereabouts. And so, um, one of my favorite small pipes is a tiny Dunhill, uh, from the fifties that I was, uh, I bought off a, a customer of mine, actually, he, uh, had it cleaned up and he was like, you know, I, I don't really smoke this pipe, but, um, you know, do you know someone that would be interested in it? And I was like, well, I would be, <laughs> I'm someone, <laughs> I'm someone. And, um, it's one of my favorite smokers, a great little pipe. And, um, and so, you know, picked it up for a hundred bucks off this guy and, um, in probably, um, you know, probably would have retailed, uh, obviously brand new for much more than that. So, um, yeah, a great question. I would, I would probably tend towards that. There is something to be said about breaking in your own pipe. You know, you can clean an estate pipe. You can get it, uh, you know, spick and span and, uh, you know, reset as possible, you know, using a salt and alcohol treatment or something of that nature. But there is something to be said about, you know, breaking in your own pipe, you know, for the first time, right? And so, you know, there, there's a place for that. And if you are starting your pipe smoking journey, I, I'd, I'd probably start there just to, um, you know, with newer pipes, just to, you know, get make sure you're getting something, you know, clean, unadulterated, all this kind of stuff. With estate pipes, sometimes there's guesswork. You know, if it tastes weird, you're like, well, is that the tobacco? Did someone smoke <laughs> right. something strange in this? Like, <laughs> you know, why, why I'm smoking this pipe, but now I'm seeing like purple elephants. What's that's about? And, uh, you know, so it's just um, you just don't know the history of it. It's kind of more of a guessing game. But um, but anyway, so newer newer pipe smokers, I would probably you know advise you to uh, to to get a new pipe. But you know if you're building your collection or are looking for your next piece, um, you know I think the estate pipe is the way to go. Yeah, I, th- I think you know I mean uh, Jeremy even mentions that you know the, the bulk of his collection is is really consisting of estate pipes. I, I'm sure Jeremy, you are not alone there. I think that's probably true for a lot of pipe smokers who have. A, uh, a soiree, as I like to say, of pipes. Yeah. Which is not, not the appropriate use of that word. It's but, not. But that's how I always use it. So that's, <laughs> that's how I do it. But anyway, the point is that if you've got a bunch of pipes in your collection, chances are you, yeah, oh, a good percentage funny. of that actually comes from estate pipes. You know, it's interesting. I think the thing for me that makes me say estate pipes has more to do with, he said, like, if you get a hundred bucks, because a hundred bucks to play with in terms of like pipes. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's not, that's not no money. You know what I mean? But like, if it's you, something, if you're going to apply a hundred bucks and get yeah. a better quality pipe for a hundred bucks, then you're probably going to do it a state pipe. Now, if we're talking about like yeah. 500 bucks, then I'm going to go for like some like new pipe that I would not normally get. You know, I, I treat myself. I then. think that's a good point actually, yeah. because you know, at that point in a state pipe, that's still worth 500. I mean, let's, let's talk about, you know, we've got a 35, 40, 50 year old pipe that's been used, mm-hmm. smoked, mm-hmm. and it's still worth $500. Eh, I, I don't know if I could do that and then still smoke it. Like right. that's almost like a, that, that, that almost that's sounds glass to me, case. Yeah, like, yeah. Like something that belongs in the Smithsonian or <laughs> right. something like it. You know, at that point I might, it's a Fabergé egg, <laughs> if it Fabergé egg, <laughs> yeah. you know, made, made of Morta and amber stemmed. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I probably at that point would, uh, would maybe thinking about getting a, uh, getting a higher end pipe. Yeah. That's, that's new. So yeah, good point. I, you know, so that was one thing I wanted to point out about the question. Cause I do think, yeah. you know, price point wise, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd go with state pipes as well. But if we were talking about like somebody dropped, you know, a higher you know, just, Hey, here's $500. Go buy yourself a pipe. I'm going new. I'm going to treat myself to a pipe. I would not normally buy You know what I mean? <laughs> from that standpoint. Yeah, sure. that's fair. Yep. All right. Well, great, great question, Jeremy. And Hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, you can send it in the show. That is show at country squire radio.com. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions! Ow! All right, man. This is the playing with the kids edition. Because you got, you got a kid on the way. I do, man. And I, I think I, I think it's good to remember because you're about to uh, head back into diaper territory. You bet you, I guess you're basically still kind of in the diaper. Oh, uh, we're swimming in it. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, but but the thing is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel because the kids, you know, they can talk, they can play, you can do all kinds of fun stuff and everything else. You know, don't get me wrong, the, it, the lights are further down I in was the about tunnel. To say, the light seems so far away, but it's there. <laughs> but it's there. This is the playing with kids edition. All right, would you, uh, this is what you're, you know, how you're playing with kids. Okay. Video games or board games? Board games. Mm. Yeah, no, go ahead and say video games. Yeah, I mean, like, look, it's, board games are great, but I'm telling you, once the kids can play video games, it's, it's so much fun. Because <laughs> uh, the other thing, too, is, like, some of the board games, the board games you really enjoy playing, like, especially as, like, an adult, uh-huh. your kids, like, they got to be teenagers to really, like, be competitors in the space. That's true. And when you vanquish them, it's, you know, difficult for their little psyches and right. all that kind of stuff. right. right. My oldest is getting better at chess, but like, you know, I want to play risk and that sort of thing. But like in the video games early on, they can hold their own. You right. know what I mean? Like they, they could do they pretty good, pretty good, pretty quick. So I'm going video games, uh, blocks or stuffed animals. This is with the younger man blocks. Yeah. I, you know, I love, I still love blocks. It's one of those things where, um, you know, my daughter is learning how to, her motor skills are getting better and she's, you know, building little creations and stuff. And, <laughs> right. and, you know, the, the only problem is anytime I build something, her favorite you know, best joy on this earth is to tear it down, to destroy it. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll yes. build this like really creative tower or something, or, right. you know, maybe try to, um, you know, just some structure. And she's like, well, that would look better deconstructed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what if the floor? Yeah. But yeah. what if the floor? And, uh, and, and of course, you know, we, we let her do that every time, but I'm going to go with blocks. That's good. Yeah. I, I love blocks as well, man. <laughs> I, I used to, my same deal. I, I used to have this game where I would make as many block towers as possible and then she would come in as a force of nature and destroy them. And so I yeah. had in my head there was like this ancient civilization that is constantly trying to rebuild itself up, but then she comes in and destroys it every every couple of millennia uh-huh. or something like that. You got to you got to do that. You got to do that for a while. <laughs> Dolls or action figures? 
action figures, and I don't think that's just because I'm a boy. I, I think, you know, man, male, male, well, never Dude. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I just, um, I, I don't know, dolls are creepy, and, you know, action figures are, you know, there's something about, you know, oh, you've got your, you know, you know, army man or your little princess and he's you know you're playing with a you know plastic dinosaur and i don't know I, that that's just more fun to me yeah i mean they really so i'm trying to think uh for my girls they've got they they do they've, there's one or two things they've got that i would like consider a dolls but even like the what would been would have been called like a doll a couple of years ago i still kind of consider more of an action figure because it's like moana and elsa and like all these like you know, the, the Disney princesses are all superheroes these days. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know you what said I mean? those like, names and I was yeah, like, no, who I on earth about. are you talking about? I'll just yeah. give it a couple of years. <laughs> uh, and then like, you know, they got a uh, Captain Marvel and a, and a Ray and, you know, so, I mean, this is pretty cool. Pretty cool. You have no idea who I'm talking about. No, no clue. All right. Fair mm. enough. Uh, so yeah, action figures. And then finally, <laughs> uh, tag or hide and go seek. Uh, hide and go seek. There's more opportunity to be creative when you play hide and go seek. Tag is just, you know, who can run the fastest and, you know climb up the stairs and shut the door quicker and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Tag is great for like wearing the kids out before bed or something like that. Yeah. Hide and go seek is great. Cause if you're good at it, then you just bring your phone with you. You hide. Oh yeah. They think you're playing with them, but you can actually just like, you know, surf the internet just or hanging out, send some yeah. emails and like, you know, like <laughs> the stuff you were doing before they asked, you like, dad, dad, come play. Like, all right, let's play hide and go seek. Yeah, we're going to play hide and go seek. <laughs> you're up in the attic like they can't even like reach the the trap door to get right. up there and you're like you know yeah yeah going, going through going through old episodes of country squire radio there you go <laughs> wouldn't be the first time there you go all right so there there it is uh, quick fire questions hey if you got some quick fire questions for us send them into the show that is show at country squire radio dot com your thoughts your comments listener feedback Listener feedback. Mm. All right, man. We've got uh, quite the listener feedback here from Jack in Santa Fe. Oh, Santa Fe. Wait. Yeah. No, Santa Fe. Santa Fe, Texas. I always think of... uh, Wait, Jack in Santa Fe? Hang on. Sorry. I'm just... (laughs) You were processing out loud like verbal diarrhea. What, what What is happening? No, Newsies. In Newsies, there's the character... I think his name is Jack. I need to go back and rewatch that. But like the main character that's played by a young Christian Bale, he's obsessed because he lives in like, you know, old school New York, but he wants to live out like where the Cowboys are in Santa Fe. He's got this whole song called Santa Fe. Are you there? Do you swear you won't forget me? If I found you, would you let me come and stay? I'll take your word for it. All right. I love how we process this stuff like in real time. Yeah. And then people, you know, before you know it, like, ah, you know, what do you mean that, uh, you know, Bob Dylan didn't write this song right. and then they're raking you over the coals. And before you know it, people burned your house down. It's, it's, crazy. it's whether or not the character's <laughs> name is Jack. They called him Cowboy, but I can't quite remember. All right, here we go. Uh, hello, Bo and John David. Bo recently said he was looking for fishing recommendations along the Texas Gulf Coast near Houston. I wanted to recommend the Texas City Dyke to him. The dyke does not offer the wide, the wide beaches or crashing waves of the seashore, but it does provide some pretty diverse fishing opportunities. It's five miles long, stretches out into the Galveston bay towards the ship channel leading from the gulf of mexico to the port of houston oh sweet uh the north side is mostly sandy but uh, sand bottomed and tends to be shallow going very far out it makes for good wide fishing for flounder what you can fish for flounder in texas i didn't know that <laughs> and trout there are also a number of sandy locations on the shore so kids can still get that beach experience 
I would be careful with the young children playing too far out into the water, though. The large shipping traffic nearby creates some occasional bit significant waves due to their displacement, and some of the children have actually drowned in the current. Goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to be careful. The south side of the dike is uh, a shipping channel that offers excellent deep water fishing and produces a wide variety of fish, including bull reds and large drum. Now, those I like. I know Bo is off social media for a while, but there is a very active Facebook group called the Texas City Dyke Fishing. Uh, it can give you a feel for the experience of fishing where, uh, what, and the fish waiting to be caught. If you're looking for new places to try, I would recommend uh, giving it a shot. I hope this is helpful. On a personal note, I only recently discovered your podcast and have become a subscribed, uh, subscribing member. I so enjoy your content, but particularly your camaraderie and unashamed expression of your faith. Your ability to combine your faith and business with all the rich history of both is unusual uh, is unusual and refreshing. It's good stuff, and I hope you'll produce the show for many years to come. I plan to visit the store on a pilgrimage. I have a dear friend who lives in Jackson, Tennessee, Uh-oh. and I hope to convince him to meet uh, at your shop so we both can take in the full experience. Thanks so much for all that you do. Look forward to someday meeting you in person. Your brother in Christ, Jack Rohde. All right, Jack, buddy, all right, we, we, need, to, we need to let you know. It's, it's a common misconception. It's Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, that we're based out of. No, that's right. Now he, he might and, know that, and maybe it's he like, might, and he he might want his friend in Jackson, Tennessee, to drive to Jackson, Mississippi, and yeah. they meet at our shop. That's and right. That'd be, that'd be great. That would be great, and hopefully that's the case because I do. I'm I'm a little worried that Jack's been sending his friend in Jackson, Tennessee. Like, where is the country? <laughs> <laughs> All over the place, trying to find. But, uh, poor guy. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Jackson, that, Mississippi. But yeah, definitely, man, make that pilgrimage for man, sure. Man, Jack, thank you so much, and uh, we're we're very grateful for the kind comments and of course Bo is now going to be tearing up that uh that fishing hole yeah man i need to i like especially i didn't know that some of the i didn't know you could catch like trout and flounder in texas maybe i'm i'm stupid for not knowing that but i had no clue yeah well, I, I don't fish I, you you really don't though <laughs> you really <laughs> don't uh all right so I'm, I'm i'm going to yes all right jack kelly is the character's name from newsies okay that is obsessed with santa fe so in my mind jack kelly became some sort of time traveler, came to the present, changed his last name to Rhodey, lives in Santa Fe, and 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 gets Jackson, Tennessee, and Jackson, Mississippi occasionally uh, uh, occasionally mixed up, mixed up, which yeah. which just puts him in like the vast majority of, of Americans. Because <laughs> why would they know? Yeah, but anyway, there you go, Jack from Santa Fe. Awesome man. Thanks so much for that uh, feedback. And hey, if you'd like to send us your thoughts on the show uh, or or corrections or uh, you know. <laughs> acceptances of our apologies we apologize to so many different people this episode that's always that's always a good sign yeah i'm sure we left someone out yeah, clearly uh but uh, you can of course contact us show at countrysquireradio.com you can also uh, follow the show on twitter at squire radio you can follow john david at john david cole or the shop at at underscore country squire but all that and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com bam yeah man mortar pipes yeah it's fun man it, it makes me want to go smoke my mortar i actually haven't smoked it in uh in quite a while particularly my you know my favorite daverin that's just so large it takes a certain um you know point in time to it's be able commitment. to say yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to this you know it's like smoking a really big cigar or, you know something it's like okay I, this this is going to involve some time but uh, it's very important so um yeah you never know today might be the day yeah there you go maybe you could dedicate the mortar pipe to your son <laughs> <laughs> and that way you can get away from the kids like no 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 I need to contemplate on these kids with this giant mortar yeah, pipe that'll take me away from yeah hours. it's like why is your pipe the size of a trash can yeah. <laughs> hey, man. hey man let's go have a day see you brother
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.